Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 50 of Survival Jobs, a podcast in collaboration with Broadway World. My name is Samantha Totsolo, and this is my lovely co-host, Jason A. Coombs. Jason, hey, 50. I know, right? Wow. I can't believe five zero. That's a Survival lot Jobs. of episodes. That is. That is. And I, I'm so proud of us to have two seasons, 50 episodes down. Nice. We've had a bunch of really, really incredible guests oh, Jason, <laughs> over the past. Me, tell me some of your highlights. Oh, I mean, uh, I feel so like guilty if I had missed someone, but because we've had so many really, really great ones. I mean, off the top of my head, like, uh, um, oh boy. Well, I will say uh, talking to Chad Hodge was, was really cool because that's someone that we didn't know, like, none of us knew before and like i had watched single all the way and i was like oh we'll see if he like says yes to like being on this and he did so like (laughs) yeah and then he did and then yeah that was cool and then from that i binged wayward wayward pines which was his show i still haven't binged the whole thing yeah and i loved it i loved i was obsessed i like binged the whole season pretty quickly so you loved it yeah, good one. That's he's a like, good one. He's like my friend now because we both love Whitney Houston. So like we always talk about Whitney because the Whitney Houston tra- like movie biopic trailer just came out. We've been talking about that. And he's such a really, really awesome person that I'm so thankful to know. So, so sweet. He's one of them. Who else? What about you? Who else? So like Crystal right was up- great. Crystal we love. And that was mm-hmm. that was a great and that was our season so two fierce. opener. She's yeah. so amazing. She's like also, you know, we talked about this on the episode. Like I created my vision board for the year with her and our other friend yeah. Lola. And Lola. I watch Crystal how she goes through life. And this girl is a hustler and she is always working and always picking up things. And it's just so inspiring. She was amazing. For sure. Yeah. Um, off the top, like first thing off the top of my head is Lisa Lampanelli because oh <laughs> she really, really made me laugh and laugh. And yeah. her story is so good and her journey. And, and you know, now we're like, friend again, talking about like becoming friends with our guests. Now we're friends with her. We're about to go like to her show and October and 15th. To, yes. And then go to like a little like preview and give notes. Like, Oh yeah. This podcast has really brought us so many people and, and artists to connect with, which I think for me, I'm grateful for this show for so many reasons, but I'm so grateful to be able to connect with other artists and learn about journeys and like jump on board their creative endeavors. For sure. And like I know we we've, we've said this, I mean, people who faithfully listen, you know like how inspiring this is for us to hear people like I remember even most recently Mark Mark Rain like just hearing him I was like oh my gosh I need to get to work on this movie and I'm like you know I, right away I'm like okay like he just like lit something in me and I was like oh my gosh like these are people who are who are creating and, and living these artful and full and exciting lives that are it just makes you like okay I need to get my shit together and and do it you know, which I mean, we are like this podcast is really artistic and, you know, we're, we're, we're doing our thing, but um, yeah, I'm just babbling now, but no, I uh, love it. And now I'm going to throw one at you that we didn't talk about previously. 
Tell me, oh. tell me some of your goals for the next 50. What, what are some guests you want to come on for the next 50 episodes? Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> I'm just waiting for the right time to like. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> when, courage. Yes. <laughs> when, when we created this, that is one of the first things you said to me. You're like, I'm going to get Whoopi. Yeah. And I'm like, cause I, I mean, I love her. I love Whoopi. Like she's just been like, she's just always been part of the like the, I want to say subconscious of like pop culture like growing up I just remember like being a kid and seeing her movies and my family always watching The Color Purple and like Lion King and Sister Act like I feel like she's just always been part of like my life in a way which is like weird because obviously and then like I, yeah yeah and then I, of yeah. course I love The View so I've been watching her on The View and I got to meet her and we worked on this little film together and she was like the, the kindest most supportive so encouraging so genuine like celebrity i think i've ever met and for her to be like an egot and to have that like humble like humbleness to her i feel like i'm not talking words i don't know um let's blame it on nicole you McGrain. are you are talking <laughs> words yeah she just i just always remember that and and how she made me feel being someone who like admires her so much and i just you know i just want to be able to courage to ask her <laughs> I'm sure, like, it's a stupid it done yet, but that's sure. who it is. Yeah, right? I love that. Yes. What about you? That would be, Come on. well, I think you and our guests could probably answer this. Um, our guests, hello, I'm tired. Our listeners, <laughs> our faithful listeners Mariska. could probably, yes, Marishka. <laughs> Sorry, you. I'm the worst. Marishka. Uh, Marishka, always, but recently, Chandra Wilson from. Grey's Anatomy. Here I am talking about Grey's Anatomy again. Uh, yeah. I've been down such a Grey's rabbit hole and now I'm down like interview rabbit holes. And she kept her survival job, I think, for the first two seasons of Grey's. Yeah. Which is funny because this story that. sort of leads into Effie, our guest today, how she kept her survival. Well, you will let, we'll let yeah. you guys hear it in real time, but that's funny. I didn't even think about that. Um, mm -hmm. Yes, Chandra kept her survival job for like the first two seasons until her survival job was like, Hey, we're, so we're going to take you off. Cause we see you on TV every yeah. week. So I think you're safe. I think you're in a good spot. And also her acting is so fucking good. Sorry to swear, but I had to, there no, is this is. episode. Oh my God. There's this episode in the season six finale and I don't want to give spoilers but something really traumatizing happens at the hospital and there's this one scene where I have rewatched that episode that little scene so many times I actually made Robin DeJesus shout out to another one of our guests another one of our 50 episode guest highlights I made yeah. him sit down and watch it with me I said you need to watch this <laughs> acting honey anyway where's her Emmy the Emmys. Oh. Where's her Emmy? Oh my God, the Emmys! <laughs> yeah, where's her Emmy? Oh my gosh, we have so much to talk about this mic check, and not a lot of time. But not a lot um, of times. Yeah, I, I agree. Chandra Wilson is she's a, always a standout. She's she's just so grounded and and a gut punch. Like I feel like I watch her and I get that gut punch like all and the by time. By the way, started out on Broadway. Broadway, yeah. <laughs> Should we talk about the Emmys really fast? Like, yes. Tell really, me your tell me tell me what you think. This wasn't this wasn't planned. Oh my gosh. Uh, I mean, I have to shout out Cheryl Lee Ralph because oh. 
I just gasped. I was on mute, but wow. Her her speech. Oh my gosh. Chills. Like the song, like species but I sing no victim song I am a woman I am an artist like everything about that and just to know she's also someone right like she was in a show that I used to watch called Moesha that starred Brandy in the 90s. She was Moesha's stepmom. And she also was in Sister Act 2, where she played Lauren Hill's mom. But she, anyway, she's just someone that's always been in like the 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 pop culture of like my childhood. And to see someone who she's like in her 60s and she's like living, she's on a hit show right now. She won her first Emmy. Like, oh my gosh, like I just was like living for that speech and, and for that moment. And oh, oh, I can go on and on. So cut me off, please. I mean, no, it was iconic. I was watching. Iconic. My jaw was on the floor. I was like, what? I'm so sorry. The girl who created Abbott Elementary, what is Quinta, her name? Quinta Brunson, so, who also won. Iconic. Oh. She's amazing. My first memory yeah. of her, though, is that viral video that was like, "Ooh, he got money, <laughs> yeah, a yeah. large." And I can't. Every time I see her, I just think about her going a large. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I enjoyed the Emmys. I, you know, we didn't plan to talk about this, so I can't off the top of my head think. But you know, I am a thanks to you. I'm a Succession fan through and through so i was happy to see that win succession oh man and white lotus one which i i love oh white my lotus. Mm. <laughs> and speaking of chad hodge jennifer coolidge i jennifer was thinking coolidge. of him and that little dance she did it was a good show and i feel like they spread the love which i always like i don't you know instead of having like one show do a major sweep. get everything right did you watch squid mm-hmm. game also i can't remember the actor's I name haven't. He won best uh, dramatic. So he's like, guys, we weren't supposed to talk about this. We had like a list of things we we're going to talk about. Yeah, and, and we up. just went off. <laughs> but oh man, we because we, we 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 are suckers for that. For we for really that. really um, are. Also, Julia Garner winning for stop. Ozark. Come on. Mm. And then I watched yes. her like in the after in the after interviews, whatever the heck it's called, and she literally is just slipping into different because di- they asked her about the dialects from uh, Anna Delvey. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to if we're talking about our 50 episodes, shout out to Krista Farrell. Krista Farrell, that was a great episode, too. She yeah. was slipping in and out of the dialects. She was like Anna Delvey, and she was like, I can't even attempt and I won't. But she was like, Anna is like sort of flat and is like versus Ruth. And then she was just slipping in and out of this, like, what a, what a star! Yeah, she's actually, she's, she's, she's super talented. Yeah, and Lizzo won oh. <laughs> Lizzo's speech. <laughs> Lizzo's speech, Lizzo's dress. Yeah, fire. Also, wow. I love, I love that we just talked about the Emmys and our fiftieth episode, and within our talk about the Emmys, t- channeled two of our past guests. I know. I love oh, what we've created. I love that so much. Um, yeah. So, really quickly, I don't want to spend yes. too much time, but I was at the New York Latino Film Festival this past weekend, and I saw this amazing documentary about Pedro Zamora, and I'm not sure if people know who that is, um, but he was um, an AIDS, an HIV and AIDS activist. 
and he was on the real world back in the 90s, the real world San Francisco. And he um, was a, a man who was living with AIDS on the show. And I mean, I think we we're, were probably both were too young at the time because that was like that was in 1984, I believe. So um, I feel like I didn't didn't know the, his whole story. Like I know who he was just just because he's an LGBTQ plus icon, but I didn't know his whole story. And to see that film, it was like the first it's like the first like major documentary about him. And it's a 90 minute documentary and I, I cried throughout like more than half of it. It was so beautiful. And his story is so important, y'all. Like whenever this movie comes out, it's called Keep the Camera Rolling, the Pedro Zamora way. You have to see it. It's like so important because I know it's 2022. And of course, like a, it, 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 HIV is not even like no one really gets AIDS anymore. Like especially here because like there's so much treatment and there's so much awareness about it and so much money goes into the funding. But back then, there was none of that, you know, and, and he was such an, like, people didn't see someone, a lot of people who didn't know someone who had HIV or AIDS until they saw Pedro, right? A lot of people didn't know someone who was gay until they saw Pedro on their TV screens every every week on the real world. So he was just so important. And um, the movie is great. Like, I'm just, I just can't talk about it enough. And I just wish people can see it. I hope it gets picked up on like a streaming service or gets, it just needs to get out there. It's such a beautiful film. Can we see it anywhere now or? It's just, it's still playing the festival circuit. So I think it's playing um, another festival in New York. I will do the research on that and I'll throw it into the show notes because I don't know off the top of my head, but I know it's playing somewhere in New York in October. So yeah, you have to go. You have to go. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you got to go to the festival. I missed. Me too. I, I, I had such bad FOMO that I missed it. I know. It's okay. It's okay. There'll be plenty more, plenty more yeah. for us. Plenty and that's such a great festival for, for sure. Yes. And there's one yeah. more film. Can I say there's one more film that people need nope. to watch? It's it's in you theaters. <laughs> You're like Samantha, Samantha. and I'm like, no, you cannot. So great. It's a horror film called Barbarian. Watch this trailer. Barbarian. Barbarian. It's. I get scared, Jason, on horror films. Obviously. I know you don't do horror, but it's. I so like it, but then I'm good. scared for months. It's so good. Like, if you watch the trailer, I don't want to ruin anything about it. I just know, like, if you are a fan of horror, you need to watch this movie. Go to the movies. Don't read anything about it. Watch the first trailer, and that's it. Like, go into it unexpected and just have a good time because you're gonna have a ride. And like they don't make movies like that anymore. Like where you just go into the movies and you're sitting there with your popcorn, and you and the audience has a collective, joyful experience. You're scared together. You're whooping and hollering together. You're like, "Girl, don't go that way together." Like it was so fun. It was so fun and so well written. Oh my god, yeah. I'm so hyped for all these recommendations you have now from the film fest. Yeah, well, that one's at the film fest, but fun. yeah. Oh, I'm embarrassed. How fun. Don't well, be. Well, <laughs> anyway. Well, anyway. Happy 50th episode. Happy I love 50th. you. And I can't I wait you. for the next 50. I know. We're going to have like 550 at <gasps> least. Can you imagine? That just stressed me out. I'm like, that's a lot of Instagram posts that I can't keep <laughs> up with. So hopefully. Hopefully. Well, one day we're going to be successful and have like an assistant. Else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully we have a social media manager because let me tell you, I am behind on the Instagram. Sorry, everyone. We're, yes. Everything. All we'll do no, is, I, I, Jason, should we now talk about our 50th episode guest? Yes, Effie Artema. She's so 
freaking cool. She is an understudy. She's one of the fannies and funny girl. <laughs> this is our set. And we'll talk about this in the episode, but this is our yeah. second fanny. Jason and I now call ourselves the fanny fan club. And yeah. they have a little something going on called fanny pack. Um, I don't know how we can get in that. Probably have to book fanny Bryce, which neither of us are going to do. I mean, but we're the fan club. Yeah. I've been singing Dorian on my parade like every day since we saw it. So <laughs> let's let's hear let's hear a note. No, I'm not gonna torture anybody. <laughs> no. Not not today. Don't make me sing. Don't make but me I love, sing. I love I love saying sit and putter. <laughs> I say that all the time to myself. <laughs> sit and putter. To myself, he said. <laughs> That's such a great line. Anyway, should we read? So yeah, should we read her bio? <laughs> yes. <laughs> we're silly, y'all. We're tired um, and we're silly and happy fifty. <laughs> happy fifty. Okay. Effie is currently the Fanny Bryce understudy and funny girl on Broadway, and also plays the role of Emma. She was also in the original cast of Bridges of Madison County on Broadway, and played Dawn on the first national tour of Waitress. She was a Jeff Award nominated. Blah, 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 excuse me, y'all. She was Jeff Award nominated for playing Harriet and Emma at Chicago Shakespeare Theater, and has also been nominated for multiple IRNE and Norton Awards for Best Leading Actress. Whew! I had to do that like three times, y'all. Sorry, through. you made it through. Made it through. I, I thought I wasn't gonna make it through. First of all, I love Waitress, so I just want to shout out Waitress. Yes. Um, she also played Montine in the One Night Only Parade at Lincoln Center with Jeremy Jordan and Laura Minotti. Mm. Origi- <laughs> yeah, Jeremy Jordan. Mm. She originated the role of Lucy Honeychurch in the musical <laughs> A Room with a View and has been seen off-Broadway in Clueless the Musical, Songbird, and Daddy Longlegs, among others. Effie's great, y'all. Um, Enjoy yeah. the episode. Wait, Jason, didn't you want to remind everyone that if you're watching the video, please also know you can stream the audio mm-hmm. on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on Pandora. And if you're just listening to the audio, you can also watch the full video of our gorgeous, hello, gorgeous faces mm. on BroadwayWorld.com. Just search Survival yes. Jobs and all of the episodes come up. Thank you guys for your support for the last 50 episodes, and we'll see you for the next. And enjoy Effie, y'all. Welcome, Effie. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Thank you for being our 50th guest, or not 50th ah! guest, but on our 50th episode of Survival Jobs of Podcast. Yay. Congratulations cool... on 50. Thank, thank you. you. <laughs> and thank you for being here for it. Such an iconic yeah. episode, Jason. I know. Um, it's so exciting. Yeah, like Jason said, thank you so much for coming. We're so happy to have you. As you know, this podcast is called Survival Jobs. We sort of created this out of frustration from our own survival jobs and just wanted to chat with artists and see what's going on. By the way, you are our second Fanny Bryce on the show. Thank you so much. (laughs) We're just like the biggest Fanny fan club. (gasps) Fanny fan club. Oh Oh my God. I call, love we that. call the fans that come over and over again the fannies. <laughs> I can love we be that fannies? So of course you can. Yes. I think we already are. We love Julie we and now we love you. So here we go. <laughs> I think we absolutely have to be fannies. <laughs> iconic. That's amazing. That is very iconic. 
Yeah. So <laughs> let's just jump right in and start talking shop. So do you have, you, you know, you're having this great success now. Surely you had a path to get you there. We don't know anything. We're going to learn it all together. Do you have a survival job that you've had along the way that was sort of like your favorite or, or one that you loved the most? Um, yeah, definitely. Um, I worked for Facebook for four years. Um, oh boy. Zuckerberg <laughs> and, was your boss? Uh, <laughs> yeah. And for uh, two of those years, I did it while I was on tour with Waitress. Um, so that was crazy because I, I basically was like working two full-time jobs, but I was working remotely and um, on this like small team called Crowd Tangle, which was a uh, an organization that was accrued by Facebook, I think in 2016 oh, wow. or 2015. Um, and originally my job was like creating all of these lists um, of like random things that we needed in the system. So like, they'd be like, we need all the U.S. senators, like social media accounts across like Twitter, Instagram, Facebook categorized by like what party they're in and like, you have to make sure it's that they're real. So like that was part of it too. Oh, wow. Like not not like including like fake accounts and stuff like that. And um yeah. and uh basically what I was doing was like being used by journalists to report on like what was being said on social media and this tool um that we built out um helped them see whatever it was they were writing about in real time like in an easier way than having to dig through the whole internet. So like they could put in like certain keywords and things like that into the system and it would in real time, like pull up, like if you picture like in a movie, what a newsroom looks like, they might have like a, a board, like a big screen that has like rolling information on it for them to like, Oh, oh you should yeah. report on that or report on that or something like that's happening or something like we created like something like that like what that would look like, um, like real time information about what was being said wow. on the internet. Um, that's wild. So, <laughs> that's what it started as. And then, and then I left because I was burnt out and I was doing waitress and, and then I was just, and so I was like, okay, like, it's okay. Like I, I had started it when I didn't have an acting job. Like that's how I ended up at Facebook was as a survival job. And then I yeah. happened to go on tour and then I left Facebook and, um, just focused on acting and then the pandemic hit and when the pandemic hit um a couple months in the people from crowd tangle at facebook called me and were like are you okay we know that you left to do broadway and there's no broadway there's no. you know like like we're worried about you and also like we could really use an extra set of hands right now because it was like the 2020 election and oh, um they were they were building out like <laughs> a, a a new way to use the tool to find disinformation online um, on on the platform, like find disinformation on Facebook and Instagram in a different way than how they normally do. So like I was not part of the integrity department that normally takes stuff down or whatever. I was like yeah. on this little like crack team of like cool <laughs> people who were like, how can we like use what, what we are working on to help with this issue of um, 
of disinformation and like incitements of violence and stuff like like cropping up on the platform. And so they they called and they were like, do you want to help us with this? We're going to use our tool to like try to get bad stuff taken down off of Facebook faster. And um, yeah, it was like people working from the inside to like do this like amazing thing. And like um, this is like a, you know, putting Facebook in a positive light for one second. to their credit, they like gave these people the budget for this. Like, like these people went to the top and were like, we, we need a budget and we want to do this and it's going to like help the world and be a good thing. And they, you know, like to their credit, Facebook was like, yes, cool. Here's money, do it. And so we spent like a year of the pandemic, this small team, like just basically like scrolling through garbage content and like getting it taken down. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. That is amazing. And that sounds highly stressful because, like, what a time in our country to be doing that. Like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And we were all like trying to educate ourselves about the stuff that was happening. So we had like, there was a team of like four women within our team who were like, let's focus on right wing militia content. So then we had to go like, well, now we have to learn about right wing militias. So we would like go and do these deep dives in the internet to study like who these people are across the country and like which ones have been like identified as like the most having the most incidents of real life violence. And so like, who should we be focusing on? And, um, and then we'd have to like go and, and like, basically um go into stuff like parlor and and mayway and like right sort of channels and like and like go find um keywords because we were like we had to like make keywords to like look for for bad content right um so it was kind of funny because like we would like make up fake usernames and stuff to like sort of not use our own names on you know, right. like none of us, of course, none of us yeah. wanted anyone to be like, "Oh, look, Effie's on Parlor." Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, um, so like we weren't like oh undercover, but like we obviously didn't want to use our real names. So we had a really funny time coming up with some names and some like user photos and stuff like that. that I'm stuff. like too scared to even ask what the keywords were. You know, oh it's gosh. probably like shocking. Also, to like do a sidebar. <laughs> How iconic are you that you're literally on the Waitress National Tour and also working a full-time job? Like, that is – that's a first, Jay, on the show. I don't think we've heard anybody, like, doing yeah. their survival job while, like, doing the thing. Yeah. Also, such an amazing. important job, too. Like, right. Yeah. I yeah, took vacation – I took some vacation while I was learning waitress, but because I was a replacement, I only had like two weeks to rehearse anyway. And then I was just doing the show and I was just doing the show at night. So then I just went, I was like, well, I'm not going to quit because it's such a great job. And like, what if, you know, the tour ends or whatever. So, so I didn't quit and I just sort of worked from my computer. I didn't, um, I think I scaled back slightly. Like I didn't do my full hours, but like yeah. they were they were really flexible with me and I sort of changed my hours depending on what I felt like I could give. And I would just wake up and like do my work on my computer and I would usually give myself like about two hours every day, like depending on how early I woke up to explore whatever city we're in. So like I didn't, I tried to not miss <laughs> the tour experience, course, yeah. but I would like wake up, like go to a coffee shop or a bookstore, like see a park and then like go home and like work for several hours on my computer and then like go do the show at night. And like, that was, that was like my life. That's on iconic. Tour. 
That's iconic. It is iconic. Thank you. And I like I my job that I'm doing right now. I do like a lot of research on like kind of like similar stuff. I'm working on a documentary, so I do like a lot of research on like the right wing kind of propaganda and like in tweets and all that stuff. So that's so wild that like that was your job for so long, and it was like during the height yeah. of of that time. Yeah. Like, how was your mental health <laughs> during that? Um, that's crazy. I think it actually helped. And we and we switched to like after the election, we switched to doing vaccine content, like people who are like spreading blatant disinformation is what we fo focused on because there's a lot of great there was a lot of gray area of like people yeah. saying things that were that were terrible and, and troubling, but not um, actually like um, specifically breaking like Facebook's rules about what is considered blatant disinformation like purposeful misinformation um because like you're allowed <laughs> you're allowed to like express your opinions on facebook that's not like against their rules if as long as it's clearly an opinion and not being stated as like a clear like you're saying this is a fact it's a fact yeah um so that made things really gray so we focused on people who were obviously like spreading blatant lies about the vaccine and like um stuff that was ridiculous like things that were so easily like don't need to be debated things like the vaccine will give you the devil's mark and you'll go to hell or like or you'll <laughs> right. or or like people who take the vaccine sprout a tail like you know, like stuff that's just like that was just like well no one's going to debate this so it's obviously needs to come down like wait you guys um, didn't get a tail you guys didn't get your tail like come on oh jason you got yours <laughs> yeah it's very long <laughs> very long um and i think it actually to answer your question sorry um i think that it actually helped my mental health during uh, that last year of the pandemic. Um, I, I was really struggling before I, they had called me. I was taking care of my grandmother. She was like very ill and she passed away and I was really in like a bad place. And then that's like right before she passed away is when they offered me that job. And it, it gave me um, through like that personal trauma and then the greater trauma that we were all going through, it gave me a real sense of purpose and like something to wake up every day and, and be like, well, this is meaningful. And not just that, but also people For to sure. see, to see like on the computer, um, granted, you know, it was through a computer, but like just to, to interact with human beings every day was a big deal, um, for me. And it, it, it helped me a lot. Well, Oh, that's good to hear. I sorry, I should have. It's like just a personal question, and I read like just man. I'm like, how was your mental health during that time? So I apologize. But I, I, I I'm a, sure you're okay. I, I'm an open, open book. book. Okay, cool. <laughs> well, let's flip it and reverse it. Do you have like a crazy or or a worse survival job story? Something that you were like, I would never do that again. I yeah. I, I worked in a restaurant for two weeks. That was my first survival job. And after two weeks, I quit. I didn't. It wasn't for me. It wasn't for me. It just wasn't. I And I granted, I also worked a restaurant job where we were required to wear heels and short skirts. Oh and and so the <laughs> I was like a hostess and it was like a vibe. And I did it. That was part of the reason why I didn't like it. Um, but those yes. are the worst. I, I, so I, I wouldn't those. do that. Yeah. Um, I was also a babysitter and uh, I really enjoyed that. I really loved nannying. Like I loved all the kids that I nannied for and I did yeah. like some political organizing too, but like didn't get paid to do that. That was just 
whatever. Yeah. <laughs> right. No, we feel you hardcore on the restaurant life. We unfortunately, Jason and I unfortunately had to last a little longer than two weeks, but we 100% feel the pain. Um, yeah. I want to, I want to, unless you have another survival job you want to share, I would love to jump into talking about Funny Girl. Yeah. Oh, I have one more that's kind of funny. I yeah. once was kind of funny. Kind of funny. I once was paid to roller skate around New York. I, I was, what? I worked for, God, I was really young. I think I was like 19 or something. And I um, saw the ad on Craigslist. It was for Benefit Cosmetics, like the mascara people. And they gave I me I love this, that like, mascara. Um, That's a good mascara. <laughs> yeah. It's a decent product. And they like hired all these girls to wear like hot pink sequined jumpsuits and like retro roller skates and skate around like Lincoln Center and Union Square and stuff with like these giant inflatable mascara wands that were kind of phallic and um and so that was pretty funny that is so fun first of all also (laughs) shout out to you for knowing how to roller skate I would probably fall down in a crosswalk (laughs) with like that inflatable mascara like on someone I don't know (laughs) to be fair I was better at it when I was younger I went roller skating the other day and definitely fell a couple times so (laughs) He doesn't want to see any roller skate. It's it's apparently not like riding a bike. (laughs) You're like, like, I need my knee pads. Yeah. I need like knee pads, ass pads, like (laughs) (laughs) elbow pads, three helmets. (laughs) So, so like we said, you're our second fanny on our show. And I love um, fanny fan club. I I think that's our new, our new phrase, Jay. Um, But I would love, you know, this, just from an outside perspective, looking in, it seems like it's been such a roller coaster and such an amazing journey. Can you talk a little bit about what that's been like uh, from like, first of all, do you hear this outside of my window? It sounds like people are on the street <laughs> screaming. I don't know what's going on. I hope everyone's okay. They're so, excited to be in New York City. <laughs> I think they are. They're excited to be. I don't know if there's a game going on, but people are screaming. And maybe they're, maybe they're excited that the rain stopped. <laughs> oh, yeah. Maybe they um, are. Yeah, so if um, you could just tell us a little bit about how it's been, how you're feeling, what it's all been like. Um, yeah, uh, it's been it's been incredible. Um, it was, it's been the experience of a lifetime. Um, I count myself so lucky that all of these women um, who – we call ourselves the fanny pack like all these women who have shared this role or been covers and whatnot whatever all of us that have learned this role together um are so kind and we all get along and um everyone's being really gentle with each other and we really feel like a team um because it is a role that feels like climbing a mountain like climbing mount everest or something it's um i've never been scared of a role in my life and I've done this I've done theater since I was eight years old and it's the first time in my life that I ever like panicked when I found out that I got a job where I was like oh god (laughs) oh god people have such really big intense opinions and feelings about this character and um and about what it's supposed to be and what it shouldn't be and what and people are just very um vocal about their feelings about it and very passionate about their feelings about it and so it it, and on top of that just the material vocally is it's a 
it's a mountain like to climb. And so um, I, I felt, her. I felt really lucky that the other women who were going through it, that and learning it and having to put themselves out there in that way that, um, that we've all gotten along so well, because it, you know, historically you can read stories about the original and uh, it doesn't always go that way. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So we've been really lucky and, um, it's and, such a physically demanding show. Me and Samantha saw it in August and like Fanny's on the stage the entire time and, and the whole time. Yeah. Dancing yeah. and singing and, like, and going so to emotional <laughs> depths. Yeah. And I think it's, it was extra terrifying for me at first also knowing that, I would only be on once in a while and with no real mm. consistency. So I don't have the chance. I still haven't had the chance to feel like I'm in a groove and like, I'm like, I wouldn't say that I'm not growing in the part. Cause I definitely am like over time finding more depth and different things that are mine and just mine and, and growing in that way and growing as a, as an actor, because like you inherently do, if you grow as, person like as you get older sure, you're just, yeah your your craft like deepens but but it, it was definitely really scary at first um just the concept of someday I'm gonna go on for this part and I'm probably not gonna have any advance notice and and I don't know what it's gonna be like until I do it um so yeah but then after I did it the first time I was like the second time I did it I felt so different like I suddenly was able to sort of like let my shoulders relax. <laughs> oh my gosh, I bet. <laughs> What's the um, shortest amount of time you've been given? Like the shortest notice you've been given before you've had to go on? Uh, 10 a.m. for a 2 p.m. matinee. It's like the morning of. And oh I God. actually kind of nowadays wish that, not wish, but like I think it's actually ideal not to have any notice at all because like having a few hours even gets – you so riled up and it's maybe just better to be like oh i'm on right now i don't have time to be here like <laughs> we're just gonna do it <laughs> um, it's like you have I, you have no space in your yeah. head to feel anxious I, I had that happen with the other role i covered so my track in the show i play a principal role her name's emma who's um fanny's assistant and then I, I play her full time and then I cover Fanny and I also cover Mrs. Meeker, who's one of the um, older card playing ladies. Oh, girl, that's range. Actress. So, yeah, it's a, it's a big job. It's a, big job. Um, it's a lot of stuff. Um, uh, I, ha I did have a rehearsal one time where I had to run around and do all the parts. Um, oh, my uh, God. <laughs> um, I also you had to do Fanny plus your other tracks in the rehearsal? switched around like I didn't do Fanny the whole time it was like people were coming and going and so I was like got it running from here to there to there to there and um wow and it was it was actually kind of a fun day at first I was like what is happening and then by the end of the day I was like I did that okay <laughs> like that was cool um but that so it has happened for Mrs. Meeker the other role that I cover where I didn't know I was going on until after half hour had already, already been called and that's when I learned that that's kind of what I prefer because you you just don't have time to get nervous. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, that gives like, me so much anxiety. There we go. Like, <laughs> oh, I hope it goes well. Like, like there's literally just no time. Um, so, and I, I, I do prefer that, but um, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Congratulations. 
No, congratulations. And you should be so proud. I mean, to be part of such a historic show. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you know this. You don't need me to explain this to you, but like, I don't know. I just feel like just goose. Like when we went to Manta, it just was a goosebumps because it's just a historically iconic show. And like, you're a part of that, you know, and like you, you, I hope you're documenting this stuff because like I'm working <laughs> with documentaries. So that's always in my head now. Of, like how like, yeah, just you're... archiving these very important moments of your life. They're so important. And like, keep track of that. It's like my only thing I would say to you, like, because that's huge. Yeah. It, yeah, it feels, it feels huge and um, a really pleasant surprise. And I, I think I had really gotten to a place in my career where I was really happy with what I had and with, with what I have. And at the time, like I was doing a ton of regional theater and like some off Broadway and some tours. And I was like, I'm cool with being a little under <laughs> the radar and, and just, but just being able to work and, and be in rooms with people who make me happy and who make me grow and who I learn from watching them and, um, and like flexing my muscles and as an artist without like needing anything more. And, um, and so this was like a, a big surprise, like not something that I was like, oh, I need, I, I'd done, I'd been on Broadway when I was much younger doing um, Bridges to Madison County when I was like 22. And, um, and so I had done that and, and then had, and then like nothing for eight years, no, no Broadway shows, I mean, for eight years. And so, yeah. um, and so I wasn't counting on going back to Broadway and, and uh, this was my first audition back after the pandemic. And I had wow. just, I didn't have agents either. I like, so during the pandemic, my agency closed because of like financial stuff that happened. And um, so I didn't have agents during the pandemic and I didn't know if I was going to act again. And then July of the, at the very end, the last week of July of 2021, 2021, um, I reached out to an agency and met with them and they were like, yeah, we'll take you on. And they sent, this was my first audition with them. And I was like, oh, I guess I'm going to be an actor again. Um, <laughs> and I guess I'm going back to Broadway. And like, it just was like such a, wow, such it's, like a beautiful surprise. Yeah. <laughs> it's so nice how life works. And by the way, for what it's worth, I think on your first performance, my roommate is a big Broadway boy, ran and got tickets. And when I told him I was interviewing you, he was like, oh my God, tell her she's fierce. Like oh. people are like wanting to see you. So for your first audition back, I think you nailed it. Clearly, that's amazing. I guess speaking about the journey, your journey, and and you know, working in different rooms and touring, what's been the biggest hurdle or the biggest challenge um, so far? Um, like while working as an actor. Yeah. Like um, doing this crazy career that we all do, right? Like getting up and doing these auditions and trying to make whatever it is for you? Um, I think early on, my biggest hurdle was uh, what to do with myself when I wasn't working. I'm sure you've heard this answer before, but um, mm. I, I developed a lot of hobbies over time and, and um, hobbies that I'm like really passionate about now. And, and that is what helped with that. But yeah, I think the biggest hurdle at the beginning was like when I'm not in a show or when I'm auditioning, or even if I'm in a show, like if, if it's not going well, like if I'm facing rejection or I'm facing like criticism, how do I feel good about my life? And, 
and not have my entire identity wrapped up in this one thing. And, um, and I struggle with that when I was young, I moved to New York when I was 15. So like, I mean, I was like, I was like a teenager navigating this world and, um, and, um, I struggled with it a lot when I, when I was like in my late teens and early twenties. And then just like over time, my answer to that question was just like hobbies was like getting like tons of hobbies, like painting and embroidery and knitting and, um, and dance has always been a thing. Like tap dancing has always been a thing for me. Um, separate, just separate even from for work, but just like fun. Um, and I don't know. I'm trying to think like all the hobbies playing guitar has always been like a hobby for me and not a career thing, more just like something I do for myself and writing and, you know, stuff. Anyway, I accrued all these hobbies to like have a life, (laughs) like, like a separate life that has nothing to do with acting. And it, it Mm -hmm. really helped with that. I had an acting teacher who always like emphasized that she was like, you guys got to be humans. You guys got to have other things to talk about with people besides just acting. Like she said, just that get hobbies, like live a life, you know? Yeah. And I think that's something I've tried to take with me. So those of you who are listening, Effie's the truth right here, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it, and also like, even if you, your main passion remains like acting, living your life and learning about other stuff and other people and other and Mm -hmm. having being passionate about other stuff is going to inform your work later when you have to tell stories about real people who aren't actors and and understand what it feels like to be like that you know right people who play guitars after you picked up your guitar (laughs) you know what i mean you can like understand yes I was gonna say, what's that Viola Davis quote? She's because we love Viola Davis. We always we love Viola Davis. We always stand here. She talks about like she says, an "I actor. love being an actor because they're the only career that knows how to live a life." She says something like that. Is that oh, what you're talking I love about? That. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> we I love that. She was just on with Hoda, who I also love. <laughs> <laughs> I just wish I could be a host like Hoda. What is, <laughs> is the truth, right? Um, so, so we talked about like the struggles and the journeys and the survival jobs and like the anxieties that come with this career and this art that we all love to do. So what is it about performing and the arts and acting that makes you wake up and like choose to continue to do it? <laughs> I don't know. I can't. It just like won't let me go. Because I I really like sincerely during the pandemic was like, I'm not sure. I was telling all my friends, I was like, I'm not sure if I'm going to act again. Just a lot of our guests have circumstances. Yeah, just the circumstances. And like, and I like, went through like a whole fertility journey and like, which was trying to be a mom and that didn't work out. And now I'm like, kind of grateful timing wise that it didn't. Um, but like I was like really like walking down a different life road. <laughs> so when Funny Girl happened and like when this agency picked me back up and said they would give me a shot, I was like, okay, so oh, so this is it's like it's not gonna let me go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess I guess I'm just still doing it. Um, I do feel like it's a choice. Like I do, I I don't. 
sometimes I've heard like an acting teacher once said, and I've heard this from other people too, that like, if you can visualize yourself doing anything else, you shouldn't be an actor. And I don't agree with that. Um, yeah. I, at least not for me. Um, I love, I love acting. I love telling stories. I love the, especially love the um, collaborative nature of theater and like the teamwork thing. Um, I love feeling a part of, of something that people are making together. Um, and I love theater so much more than film and TV, sorry, film and TV, um, because, <laughs> because you're in a room with other human beings who are going to have their own very specific and personal reactions to things. And also because like, especially with music, um, like they did this study once where they like, like tracked people's hearts like during a musical and they found that like the entire audience your heartbeat starts to sync to the exact rhythm of the music that's playing so like the entire audience actually is like their hearts are beating as one the like with time, you yeah. when you're singing am i about um, to cry <laughs> <laughs> which, is, like, which is i think just like so cool and um yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of things about it that I find really meaningful. And um, so I hope that I get to do it for a lot of my life. And, um, you know, if during the times that I don't, I'll just like keep myself busy with my hobbies. But <laughs> <laughs> I love that for you. That's yeah. so amazing. You have such a great like warm energy like i feel like i was gonna say friends. it too yeah the energy <laughs> like... is so good the thank energy you. coming through the mic and the screen yeah well, thank you so much you guys are awesome I'm, I'm so happy to meet you. you yeah yeah okay well we have one last question before we go into the really fun game and i always have to make <laughs> sure i'm reading the question game. yeah because <laughs> i always screw up this question when i know you hate me. having a last <laughs> question i'm sorry i want to make sure i get it right okay so in season one, we had a guest on the show say that if their artistic success went away, they feel like they can go back to waiting tables and being equally as happy. Do you have a survival job, either one that you've already had worked or one that you've always wanted to work that you feel this way about? You nailed it, Jay. Equally as happy? I mean, I, hmm. yeah, yes and no. I, yes, like like the job that I know that I could go back to and be happy would be going back to work at Facebook again or, or, or to work, yeah. not necessarily at Facebook, but like to work with the people I worked with wherever they are. I think a lot of them have spread out now um, to work on other things. But I just love those people. Those humans that I met at Crowdtangle were just such deliciously smart, <laughs> funny people um and good people good hearted people and so like i would kill to work with them again and i would be very happy doing it it's different though it's just i think the reason why i didn't stay in that world and i came back to this is is um is because i i'm always going to be an, an artist and um and it's a gift to be allowed oh, yeah. to be paid money to do something that you're just inherently gonna do anyway. So it's 100%. yes and no. This is my answer. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on the show, for being a part of our 50th episode. I this know. is a huge moment for Jason and I, and we're so happy to share it with you. Thank so you. Thanks thank for you, inviting thank me. You, thank you. 
Yes, you're amazing. We loved hearing your stories and your survival jobs. Everybody, keep on keep on Instagram and see when Effie's going to go on as Fanny. Jason and I will do the same and we will run. <laughs> we will run Yay. to the August Wilson. It's not the August Wilson, right? Yeah, it Yay. is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like we will run to the August Wilson. Just confirming that's where it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the August Wilson. <laughs> so like Jason said, we do love to ever – end every episode with a game just to bring it back to fun light laughing times maybe we don't laugh people sometimes are very upset if they lose <laughs> <laughs> i'm so, a good loser so th- well, thank you thank you me thank you we'll laugh so in in the spirit of funny girl we thought we'd do some barbara streisand trivia Oh God, I don't think I'm gonna be good at this. <laughs> like no, like no shade to Barbara, she's amazing, but I don't think I know a lot. Okay, it's but okay. Let's it's go. a let's lot. Go. Of, it's a lot of multiple choice questions. So are okay. you ready? You yes, have I'm your ready. party pants on. I your a lot party today pants. When I was, I'm ready. <laughs> I was doing the research for the game. Jason, you want to <laughs> kick it off with the first one? Sure. Okay. Uh, before becoming successful as a singer actress, what was Barbara Streisand's survival job? A, a dental assistant, B, a switchboard operator, C, a hand model, or D, a jingle writer? I'm going to go with dental assistant? Mm, <laughs> no, she was a switchboard operator. That's so strange. Can you imagine? I mean, well, people didn't know who she was yet, so they didn't know who True. they were talking to. Wait. Wasn't Julia Murney also a switchboard operator? Yeah, yeah, Julia Murney. Wait, Murney, what, Murney on. Wait, what does a switchboard operator do? I don't even know. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know if you ever watched it. Mrs. Maisel, but it's like what she used to do, where like people would call like back in like the like the olden days, like the forties and fifties. The, the days of yore. Like a, the days of yore, <laughs> and they would call like an operator, and, and they would have to patch, like use like. An actual patch that to, to like these cords to different places. Oh yeah, and plug it into the other thing. Yeah, and then it would uh, connect somehow. Yeah. <laughs> Gather you I, round and we'll tell you the story yeah. of the support operator. <laughs> Gather you round, exactly. <laughs> okay. Wow, I didn't know that. That's so cool. See? Yeah. This is why the game is fun. This is why we always say it's a fun game. We all that are. That was a really hard one though. I apologize. <laughs> No, don't you know apologize. What? I want. I should know these things. Now I get to learn. <laughs> See, exactly. Okay. Number two, true or false. Streisand was the first choice to play Sally Bowles in Cabaret, but turned it down because she wanted to move away from musicals. I'm, I'm going to go with true. Correct. True. <laughs> I didn't actually know the answer. I, it just <laughs> sounded like too compelling of a story to not be true. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And then we all know that went to Liza Minnelli. Thank goodness. Uh, Thank goodness. Great. Seriously. Um, we, because we got that amazing performance. I mean, yeah. come on. Yeah. And Tarkson has enough like amazing performances. You gotta spread, yeah. you gotta spread the love around, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I agree. I agree. <laughs> True or false, Tarkson is the only artist to have a number one album in six consecutive decades. 1960s, 1970s, 1980s, 1990s, 2000s, and 2010s. True. Ooh. That is true. It, yes. Yeah, her, true. I think that I knew. Yeah. Yeah. Her album Partners, released in 2014, gave her this record. Wow. That's crazy. Wow. Six that's, actually, that's actually really crazy. <laughs> Good for her, man. Good for her. Yeah. Okay, Port you're doing steel. great. Yeah. You're really <laughs> redeeming yourself in the game. Right. Thank you. You're welcome. 
Okay, true or false again. Everyone knows that Barbara Streisand. Oh, hello, am I okay? <laughs> Everyone knows that Barbara Barbara starred in and directed Yentl. But did she also wear the editor's hat on this passion project? No. False? Correct. Yes. She only directed, co-wrote, and co-produced. Only. <laughs> only. <laughs> no yeah. big deal. You know, we can't do yeah. it all. Can't have can't it all. Can't do it all. Can't, can't edit not. it. Just do things. <laughs> Just we'll do everything else except edit. No worries. <laughs> okay. And then one last one, the bonus. When Streisand won her Oscar for Funny Girl at the 41st Annual Academy Awards in 1969, which line from the film did she repeat to her statuette? It's also in the, the musical as well. Wait, one more time? Mm -hmm. What was the question again? One more time? Yep. <laughs> when Streisand won her Oscar for Funny Girl at the 41st Annual Academy Awards, which line from the film slash musical did she repeat to her statuette? Oh, it has to be uh, Hello Gorgeous, right? Yes, it has to be Hello true. Gorgeous. <laughs> you were like, wait, what's the question? Where am I? I was like, I was like thinking, so long I, I, don't, I don't know. My brain, I, I just had COVID also. So oh, uh, no. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to blame that on brain fog. Because for, for a short second, my brain just went fuzzy, 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 fuzzy. <laughs> Are you doing is, okay? Is Yes, it yeah. is. I still oh, yeah. blame things on my brain fog. Yeah, my I, COVID in November, last November. Yeah, I'm totally fine. I'm just going to keep blaming um, everything on brain fog when I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I think Same. it's a valid excuse. And it I is. think it's probably real. And um, tiredness, too. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> it's bad. It's bad. Wait, Jason, when you just read that question in 1969, anytime I hear 1969, I think of even Stevens. You guys know what I'm talking about? When Ren Stevens sings, we went to the moon in 1969. Nobody, you know what I'm talking about? Went to the moon. In 1969, not 1970, 1970 but a year sooner. sooner. <laughs> we went to the moon in 1969. In 1969. That's, That's when, when they made a landing. Land. That was lunar. I am so dead. I don't remember that. Thank one. you so much for Bravo. being there with me. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Man, I forgot. I I didn't know what I I couldn't place the song until you started singing it, and then I was like, "Oh, yes. I know this song." <laughs> yes, yes. Shout out to Disney Channel and Ren Stevens. That's her name, yes. right? Even Stevens. Car so shout is that out Carly to Ren Ray? Stevens. Carly, Carly Ray Romano. Carly, yeah. Yes. Carly Romano. Yeah. She yes. and yes. she makes videos now about like um, managing money and stuff because she like had a fortune from doing that show, and then like lost it all like squandered it and so she does these i don't know if you guys have seen this but they're really cool they're these like videos she puts out online if we're walking through the woods and she's like hiking and she'll just like talk oh, yeah. for like 20 minutes about she'll tell like a story about a stupid thing she did that she wished she didn't do and she does them basically to warn people and be like don't do what i did <laughs> yeah i saw the one where she talked about like working wow. with shia and how she was like sad that their friendship like faltered after the show and i didn't yeah. see that one I went off the deep end <laughs> they're they're really interesting though i really appreciate them because like a lot of it they just feel so honest it's just, it's just so honest of her yeah um, i was yeah. gonna say it's pretty brave to be like hey probably hundreds of thousands of followers look at everything i fucked up <laughs> 
Yeah, Excuse like me. she just, it's so interesting that she just decided, she was like, I think I want to tell these stories. And mm-hmm. and when I listen to them, I don't, I've never been in the position that she was in, but they still feel helpful because she's just like telling an honest story. And there's something to connect with about that, I think, as like a person, even if you've never had that much money in your life, you're like, yeah, we all do dumb things. And right. And, of course. And look at her. She's still here. Like, <laughs> Like she's fine. Okay. She's a Connecticut girl like us, Sam. <laughs> she is. Yeah. Wow. She's we're from Sam and I are from Connecticut, and so is is it Carly Rae Romano? Carly Rae Jumpson is who you're thinking of, and I think she s- sings the song about Friday. 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 Carly Romano. Right. Carly. Yeah, I don't know what her middle Regina name Stevens. is. Yeah. And she's a theater girl too. She was in she parade. She is. Yeah. She's in parade. Yeah, and the original cast. Oh, wow. Wasn't she in Beauty and the Beast, right? too? Am I making right? that up? She was in no Beauty idea. and the Beast. Yeah. She was in Beauty and the Beast. And I'm like, now I'm now I'm concerned that I'm having COVID brain again. And I'm like, is she in Parade? <laughs> but people will Probably listen to this right. and they'll be like, she wasn't in Parade. They'll, they'll, they'll tell let us. Know. Yeah. They'll let us know. Was Carly Romano in Parade? Let us Please know. DM us. We need to know. We will not Google. We'll wait for the DMs. We'll, we'll wait. Thank you so much. <laughs> Amazing. Well, by the way, you got 100 on the game because even though you got that one incorrect, you got the bonus. Yes. So, congrats. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. And what's your prize? What's your prize, Sam? You know what? The dinner. An, invita- an invitation to the season yeah. three premiere party of Survival Club, the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Whenever that is. I would love to be there. Whenever that will be. Yeah, maybe in the spring. We don't even know when this season is over. We don't even know how many episodes it'll be. But when we figure that out, we will be sure you get the invite. Yay! I'll bring snacks. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We love snacks. Who doesn't this love a good snack? This has been so fun. No, we love a snack. And I hope that Benefit Mascara will now sponsor us since we spoke about them. Oh my god! Do you think they will? Um. I don't know. Maybe. Likely not. <laughs> um, maybe not they'll send you makeup. Yeah, that will be fun. <laughs> Where can everybody find you on social media so they can follow you? If they're not following you already, to follow you and support you and all the good stuff. Um, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at F at, sorry, at F-E Artema. It's spelled E-P-H-I-E-A-A-R-D-E-M-A. Just my name. Yes. yes. That's your website too, right? F-E- that is my website too and i keep like thinking should i just let this go do i keep paying for this because do people actually go to websites so (laughs) that's another question that i have that if you know the answer to whether carly romano is in parade maybe you can also give me the wisdom of whether or not it's worth it to have a website anymore well i did i actually went to your website so it worked for for me sweet Uh, (laughs) i didn't um... i just want to be honest i did not go to the website I just think with YouTube, like now that we have YouTube, Instagram, yeah. Twitter, like, and Google, I'm just like, it's it's an interesting thing now to keep up a website if you're not like yeah. loaded. Like, like it makes sense if you're like a multimillionaire, like what's, exactly. you know, what's a couple hundred dollars a year or whatever. But <laughs> but if you're just like a right, an average person, it's like, it's, it's a decision. <laughs> It's a You're like, do I pay for this again? I don't know. Again and again. <laughs> oh. 
Thank you so much. I know we've thanked you a million times, but this has been amazing. Um, and if you guys are tuning in because you're an Effie fan, I literally also have COVID brain. I almost said a Carly fan because we're talking about Carly Romano. <laughs> if you're tuning in for the first time because you're an Effie fan and you don't follow us, follow us at Survival Jobs Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Send us an email at survivaljobspod at gmail.com. Follow me, Sammy Toots, and follow my boy, Jason A. Coombs. Thank you for tuning in and thank you, Effie. You're a star. You're you the guys great are awesome. Star. Thanks for inviting me. Of course. <laughs>Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.